0: Amen. Wow. Uh, And then again, give God a round of applause, man. His spirit is here. And man, thank you guys for being here today. What a kickoff. Last Sunday was one of our largest crowds on a regular Sunday in the history of our church. I think we just killed that. And so thank you guys for being here. Uh, We're teaching you guys uh, how to shape your future self by developing holy habits in your daily walk with God and last Sunday we kicked off and as much as you 've already sensed what God is doing here this morning and uh, man I love that last song uh, it's so hard to be a preacher here because man you' you're you're snotting and you're you know r- r- crying and, and then you got to get them taught but anyway uh and but I love that a- and so we 're here this morning not that i 'm snotting, but anyway uh but I love the fact that god's moving and last Sunday we saw that in such an epic way that it cannot be uh, uh, not recognize and, and, and honor God uh, from Alan in our group We got a satellite campus. This meeting in Missouri uh, all the way to, to Tupelo. You could just sense that God was working and um, We spoke to you guys uh, the first domino in your holy habits to, to fall last Sunday was the uh, We talked to you about the power of praise And we shared with you how to spend time just praising God when you don't feel like it and that was the key you come to church when you don't feel like it you honor god and you're going to hear testimonies of people sitting in the pews last week with you you guys of how god changed their perspective their attitude just this week this is real this is not back in the day stuff this is now this is now happening and honestly I just want to give glory and brag on God and your all's obedience, you as well. There's rarely been in 30-whatever years I've been doing this that I sense God leading you all to worship like you all did last Sunday. We stopped in the middle of the sermon and intentionally just went into worship to help you put into practice what we were preaching. And honestly, I have never seen you guys worship like you did last Sunday. Uh, matter of fact, in my connect group, we have small groups that meet on Sunday nights and we discuss the sermon. It's, you know, re- really weird. And no, it's really cool and it's awesome. And uh, we'll have close to 300 of y'all doing that tonight. And anyway, um, in my connect group, the first service people, we have two services here, and the people at nine o'clock service were arguing and saying, no, we, it, that happened in our service. And the 1030 people were arguing, no, it happened in our service. And they got into an argument about who had better time with God uh, than one another and I'm thinking where have I moved to in my life that people are arguing about who uh, experienced God the greatest that was so powerful because I said I got to be there twice I got to see God move in your all's hearts and lives twice and it was epic to have God moving and you all worshiping him in his presence. And so uh, just thank you guys for being obedient to that. And this morning, as we launch into the second domino uh, that we want to knock down and discover, and the second piece, if you will, of shaping your future self, my goal today is to help you think through the plan of becoming and develop a plan to become the person that God wants you to be. Now, if you haven't learned this yet in your life, let me give you a huge secret buster, all right? We're going to be a myth buster here today. Are you ready? You're not in control of your life. (laughs) Let that sink in, all right? How many of you want to testify? No kidding, Jack. Uh, You know, are you kidding me? Uh, Chaos and confusion tend to to mark almost all of our daily existence. And he said, welcome to something else I don't know. Uh, We are not in control of our lives. But you are in control of this. You are in control of the choice that you make after the chaos and the confusion. The only thing you get to control is how you respond to all of the stuff that hits the fan in your life, in mine. And matter of fact, covid if, if anything has taught us this, it is COVID. Uh, it taught us a lot, and I don't want to get into the political things here today. But it's taught us a lot. But one of the biggest lessons that it taught us is that our long-range plans can be detoured uh, very quickly. In other words, whatever you think you're going to do, you don't get to do. You—here's you, uh, just the pastoral side confession about not being in control of your life, and you got to know. I type a so i'm a control freak so here's god's sense of humor with your pastor 2019 we launch in and we build a new campus go three million dollars in debt so that we can have room jeez uh you guys are killing me uh anyway and so we gotta do it again because uh, i ain't doing three services anyway and so uh but here's i need about 40 of you to come to early service but anyway um and it was it was at almost 200 today anyway and so uh here we are building a new campus build this new building in 2019 and guess what happens in 2020 the whole world shuts down nobody's going to church nobody's coming nobody's going to pay the bills and i'm looking up to heaven god almighty and i'm going i know COVID's bad but what about me in the church (laughs) you know i'm just like uh you know you talk about chaos and being out of control i got we got debts to pay and anyway uh, god just sort of has a sense of humor with us and and he wants to remind us that uh that listen i want you to plan but, and, I, and I want you to understand that I want to develop plans in your life. And so here's how we do it. I call this scenario planning. Uh, in other words, the Bible says in Proverbs to plan. He says, you know, you're wise if you do this, but be humble as you do it. And here's what it means. James 4.15, we don't have this on the screen, so let me just quote it for you. Here's what it means to be humble in our planning. The, James 4.15 says what we should say is if. God wants us to do this. If God opens the door for this, then we will do this or that. And so in other words, we're depending upon God to open up doors in our life. And so as we do our planning, one commentator said it best, you do it with a grain of salt, knowing that God desires for us to have dreams. He desires for us to have good intentions. But sometimes our dreams And our best intentions of what we want out of our family and out of our lives are not always God's. Let me say that again. Everybody hear me. Some of y'all get ticked off with God and you get frustrated because you have dreams and you go to church. You give an offering every once in a while. And then all of a sudden your life falls apart and you're like, God, I showed up to church and all hell broke loose in my life this week. What's the point? What's the point? If we're honest, all of us have had those thoughts. How many of us had those thoughts this week? Uh, And so, we we really do struggle with this. Now, here's the point that we're making. Sometimes, your best intentions and your dreams are not necessarily God's dreams for you. Let's just be very transparent. So, uh, you know, I'm a supposed to be a visionary caster I struggle because my personality tends to see problems and so you know I struggle with this but anyway so I have a dream and 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 so I know coming up on the holiday it's a good you know Martin Luther King so I get that uh so it fits right in here uh but my dream was not nearly as ambitious and righteous as Dr. King my dream my dream I have a dream for 20 years I've wanted To build, own, and run a Krispy Kreme donut shop in Tupelo. (laughs) And for our people that know me, uh, that, and I'm not kidding, and it's not funny, I'm serious. For 20 years, I've prayed, uh, and I have written letters to corporate. I have sent emails to corporate. They know me. (laughs) Uh, I've talked to 18 different managers and 18 different Krispy Kremes around the country. They know me by name. Uh, They know I'm a good customer. And so I advertise for them on social media all the time. I believe I have a dream to plant and start and run a Krispy Kreme in Tupelo. And do you know what has happened to my dream? I'm crushed. Because Tupelo announced a few months ago the enemy, Satan has come to Tupelo. They whoever they are are launching in Tupelo a cake eating nasty Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) They should not even have donut on their name. Call them coffee that's fine. They're not a real donut shop, and I'm just saying. My dream has never been realized. And I can get mad at God because I don't get to own a Krispy Kreme, but here's why we follow God's dreams for our lives. And this is why you need to be in a discipleship group, and you need to be in a connect group and small groups, because you need Christian friends around you to remind you that not always what you want Is best for you now here's the reality and this is what my friends you all have told me you know what maybe you're more important to us to be the preacher of the church than you are to run a Krispy Kreme I'm still waffling on the edge (laughs) some of you all have said maybe if God gave you your dream not only would you walk away from the ministry But you would eat all of the product, and you would weigh over 500 pounds and have to motor in on here on a cart. And then I'm not even going to tell you what the media did, guys, but we need two more guys in the media because those guys are no longer with us. And so, in other words, my point is, is that I would have... myself to death. And so God knows that he has a plan for our lives and our hearts. And and what he's saying to us is that I want you to dream, but I want you to let me put the right dreams into your heart. Let me lead you in, in setting the proper goals for you in your life, because I want to give you better things than what you want in your life and so this morning i want you to i want to help you realize that in shaping our future self there's one word that you're going to hear over and over again this morning and that is faith so this morning let me teach you what god's word has to say about setting goals by faith turn your bibles to just one verse today hebrews eleven 6. we're learning how to set goals in our life by faith. So as you're turning there, let me give you, because this is the illustration I wanna give to you guys today, that I want you to stay with us as we go through the rest of the sermon. Anybody in here ever used a flashlight? Okay, you live in Mississippi. If we haven't had a tornado this week, hang on, we're gonna be without power next week, all right? You just guarantee you that's our lives here in Mississippi. We're gonna have a storm that's gonna knock out power. I would highly recommend everybody have multiple flashlights in your home. And so I feel like uh what's lap mat uh, i feel like uh, i'm on the weather channel anyway uh, and so uh tva style so here we are and, and you know that the key to a flashlight now this is really complicated all right already um i know some of you guys are going to struggle with this nate but you take a flashlight you ready to do you got it down all right put it in your hand you <laughs> marvel okay all right and so you take the flashlight and you push the button and it comes on Alright, uh, so that's how a flashlight works, is you, it has the light, it has the power inside of it the whole time. Did I need to go slower for you, Avery? You got it? Okay. Alright, anyway, and so you have the flashlight, uh, you have the batteries inside of it, and what do you do? You turn it on, and the light comes on. Now here's a big reality game checker, alright, you ready for this? The light was already there, but you have to do the motion by faith, to activate the light. And so what we're talking to you about today is if you want to sit around and whine and gripe that your spiritual life is not where it should be, that man, I just don't sense that God loves me like he does other people. I'm telling you, it all hinges on your active faith. Are you Allowing God to shine the light into your life. And that takes a measure of you and I stepping out by faith. Here's the greatest quote you're going to hear in the message today. And it doesn't come from me. It comes from an old school preacher by the name of A.W. Tozer. But he hits it out of the park. Here's what I want you to take a picture of. This is what the whole sermon is about today. Describing faith in Hebrews 11.6. A true Christian feels supreme love. This is us. A true Christian feels supreme love for one whom he has never seen. Oh, this is good. Talks familiarly every day to someone he cannot see, sees the invisible, hears the inaudible, and knows that which passeth knowledge. Isn't that so cool? To me, that is describing what it is for you and I to live by faith. Now, what do you all put your faith in? Every day you struggle not to do this, but some of you all believe that, man, we get President Biden and the Democratic Party, and they're going to save our country, okay? Uh, and uh, some of you believe that, man, if I just, you know, and what what your parents will tell you, and what society will tell my D-NOW students here this morning, is that you guys need to go and, and you need to get, And you know, they're not going to say this part, but you guys need to get half a million dollars in debt in your college degrees and everything you ever dreamed of will happen. And again, listen, I went to college, I <laughs> know, no way, I really did, uh, and graduated, but, but I, I got news for you. A college degree is not going to make your life utopia. Here's what I found out, I've been pastoring this group of, and we've got, you know, this is cool about our church, is after 30 some odd years, is that I watched all of the, our students go, and here's what I found out, like 90% of them go to get their degree, and they never ever do anything with that degree, so they just do something completely different, so and again, I know parents are going to throw stones at me, I'm not against college, I'm not against all that, what I'm saying is, is getting your degree or going out and getting the high dollar job is not going to guarantee that your life's gonna be happy and you will be free of any headaches. What I'm telling you is, and what God is saying to you and I this morning, don't put your faith in the wrong object. You put your faith in God. Now he's gonna lead some of you to go down that road and he's gonna bless you with it. Others of you are gonna do something else and he's gonna bless you with it. But your object of your faith is not in material things, it is in God. And so, here's what he says to you and I. Your faith takes science, logic, and reason. They all point to faith in a divine creator. We're not opposed in Christianity. Matter of fact, science, logic, and reason all point to a divine creator. And here's what the writer says. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Wow. Wow. Let that sink in this morning. Y'all get it? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. In the context of Hebrews 6, Enoch and Abel are two of the characters. He has many, but Enoch and Abel who walked with God, Abel who gave the righteous sacrifice. And he says to these Old Testament characters, he says, I want you to understand that, listen, uh, this, they are living examples of what it means that they walked by faith. Dr. Danny Aiken, he writes it in this way. He says, humanitarianism, religion, morality, and following the most scrupulous personal ethic codes cannot bring us God's approval on the day of judgment. Now, look at me, here's what this means. What the writer of Hebrews is saying when he makes the statement without faith, Taylor, you cannot please God. What he's simply saying to all of us in the room this morning is that I don't care who you think you are. You keep trying to come to church. You keep trying to be good. I went to D-Now, so that means that all the rest of my year, Andrew's sermons are not going to be boring on Wednesday nights. Not going to happen. All right, uh all of uh, the stuff that's going to be in my life, you know, I, you know, I went to D-Now, so now I'm going to get that date. It's not going to happen trip so I, right, so all these things in your life that you know you want to work out perfect just because you did the right thing doesn't mean it's all going to go okay are you hearing me this morning you cut man why would i ever go back to connect church this guy just man he's such a debbie downer uh but i'm telling you the reality is here's the good part is he's saying you have to do this thing by faith what it means is Is that we put our faith in God. And and what he's saying to you and I this morning. He says you need to know. That when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Here's what he does for you. Not in the other wrong things. Here's what my faith is in. My faith is in a God. Who so loved me. That he sent his only son. To come down for me. When I was an addict. When I was totally rebellious when i was totally stupid god still loved me anyway and he sent his son jesus who came he lived a sinless perfect life died on calvary's cross His shed blood, Ernie, washes all of my sins away. His broken body is the sacrifice in hell that I deserve today. But I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to die. And it's all because of Jesus. That's who my faith is in. So he says to you and I today, he says, you put your faith. In Jesus. And here's what Paul says. He says, If we'll learn to do this, this is exactly what our life can be like. Not worrying about the fear of the future, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is what faith looks like. So the question is this morning, how does faith help us develop not only habits, but set goals in our life that God can bless? Notice with me the last part of verse 6. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards Those who seek him. Dr. Norman Geisler on a commentary about this book, I mean, about this verse, he wrote a book. Now listen to this, y'all go out, and those of you that are skeptical about God and Christianity, by the way, we welcome you to our church. We're not f- afraid of your questions. We love seekers, amen, church, here at Connect Church. We love people that are trying to figure out, is God real? But Dr. Geisler, and we want you to know that it, he is real. And so he wrote a book, and I love this title, and he's one of the most brilliant men, minds of the 21st century. He says, and this is the title of his book, I I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And what he goes on and contends is that he said, when you do all the evidence and you look at it, and I'm talking about brilliant people. I'm not talking about, you know, me. I'm talking about brilliant people like C.S. Lewis and, and many others. Uh, a guy by the name of Lee Strobel, uh, that uh, he was a atheist newspaper reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And he went to Israel to spend two years there to disprove Christianity once and for all, to write a legendary book that would help people get over religion and never go back to it and guess what happens after two years of studying and all of the facts all of the history about the existence of Jesus Christ he gets saved he gives his life to Christ and now he's written countless volumes and leading many other people uh, that that and he talks about the evidence that demands a verdict in our life and he's challenging you and I to understand we stand on solid ground to believe In Jesus Christ. Dr. Danny Aiken again helps us realize this uh, what it means to step out by faith. How does one enjoy, he asked the question, the blessings of God? By believing that God will make good on his word to shower us with grace if we come to him with empty hands of faith. The truth of the matter is our lives are often dominated by fear. Hear me this morning. And it's not just the Gen Z's, it's all of us. We have chosen to live our lives in fear and scared to death. And you guys are killing me. We bubble wrap our kids, and the way you're raising your kids because we don't want anything bad to happen to us because the world is terrible. And I get the fear. We live in fear that, you know what, what if my job goes south? And I get it, factories are closing, and I get it, it's a reality. We live in fear every day we watch the news, and somebody's getting shot, somebody's getting stabbed, something's getting blown up. And the truth of the matter is, don't you know that the devil's laughing all the way to hell? Because the word that's missing in our today's culture is faith. We are people of fear. And not faith and you know why the devil loves it jim because he watches the whole world go to hell the church is in fear the parents are raising their kids in fear and we wonder why we're going to lose the next generation because we haven't taught him man step out by faith i know it's dark i know it's ugly and i know it's evil out there but my god has been through tougher times and he will carry us through as well folks we got to choose faith over fear because i think this illustration describes Far too many of you of how you're raising your kids, how you're living your lives, fear over faith. I'm going to go old school illustration this morning and uh, because I think it just nails the point. Back in the day, uh, all right, so just pretend with me, those of you that... That's, you know, 50 or five of us that like Westerns. And so back in the day, there was this frontier dude. And uh, he was living, you know, and and it's, you know, 100 years ago. And so he's out on the frontier, no modern conveniences. uh, And his wife gets sick. And it's winter, and they're out west, and there's snow, and you know it's just been snowing and uh, and cold. And so his wife gets sick one evening, and he, and she's like really going to die. And he knows that uh, the doc, and if you've ever watched a Gunsmoke, you know that we just call him Doc in the Western days. And anyway, and so Doc is across the other side of the lake, and uh, he's got to get his wife to the doc, and so so he so he can save her. And so the only way to get from his little cabin out in the woods to the other side with a little bit Village was at is he has to go across to frozen lake now normally if it was warmer he'd get in a boat and you know and, and go save her but he's out there walking on the ice it's pitch black dark and he's just walking like this in total fear that the ice is not really frozen John and so just and this is a true story and so finally he gets so frustrated and he hears a little bit of crackling and popping and so now he just gets on his knees so he's literally on his knees carrying his sick wife, who's dying in his arms, literally, and he's just inching his way across the ice. And then all of a sudden, he hears rumbling, and and the ice begins to pop and crack, and he goes, this is it. We're going to, both going to die out here on the lake, and, and, the, and we're going to fall through. And all of a sudden, he finally hears all the rumbling. He hears all of the noise and the cracking and the popping, and he turns around, and a lantern is on a wagon and a team of horses, and this guy comes shooting by him with a team of horses, a wagon loaded down with supplies through the night right across the middle of the lake and never bats an eye and makes it through it. And you know what the old guy does? He picks up his wife and he starts running with her because he realizes for the first time what he was terrified of was about to kill him. He had it safe the whole time. He just didn't understand it. And what we're saying to you and I today is y'all are killing yourselves. Our kids are dying and going to hell. Our families are dying and going to hell because we're living in fear and God Almighty has saved us He has redeemed us, and he's called us to walk by faith. It's time to set some goals and live for him. And so he's saying to you and I today, get over yourselves. Let me take care of you. Now with all that said, I got just a few moments, and I'm going to share with you six principles. Six thoughts, you need to write them down. And I know what you're thinking. You've got like three minutes, and you're going to share with us six thoughts Choose faith over fear, all right? And so, uh, we're going to do this. <laughs> I know, you're thinking it, it probably won't work, but here we are. All right, number one, I'm going to borrow some of these ideas from Pastor Rick Warren. I just wrote them better than him. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, here they are. Number one, here's how we set goals by faith in your life and mine based on Hebrews 11:6. 6. Number one, we set goals by faith because it's our spiritual responsibility. The great people, not only the Apostle Paul, but Jesus himself in Scripture, set goals it is our spiritual responsibility we are called by god whether you like it or not to set goals you say pastor terry prove that to me philippians 3 12 through 15 not that i've already obtained or already perfect but i press toward the mark of my own because christ jesus has made me his own brothers i do not consider that i've made it my own but this one thing i do forgetting what lies behind me straining forward to what lies ahead it's a great verse Notice what happens next. Underline, I press toward the what? Say it with me. One, two, three. Go for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature, now there's seven of you, think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. Principle number two, goals are statement of faith. Goals are statements of faith. The common mistake that we make in setting goals is that we try to accomplish too little. We set goals that we can say, you know, this is what we did. I remember when, when we were struggling and praying over, God, do you want us to build a new campus? You know, we, do we want to go after young families? We're tired of watching kids leave the church and go to hell. And so, God, we're going to build a children's ministry. Now we need a children's pastor to coach those 100-plus kids that were here last Sunday. And every week, 100, let me say that again so you get this. I'm not talking about the teens. I'm talking about just kids. 100 kids were in the children's wing last Sunday. First of all, give God a round of applause. That's amazing. That's cool. We've accomplished that goal. But You guys are so obedient to God. Now we're needing to expand that building, and we need to hire somebody to help us run it. Uh, so anyway, uh, but God says I need you guys to make statements of faith. And I remember when we were praying over this, and and so, and I told the church, I said, you know, we just need to build another stained glass window. And I'm again, I'm not knocking on stained glass. Getting in trouble here. I always get in trouble every week. Dang it! But anyway, but what I said was, it, as I came to the board, and the, and the guys looked at me, and the deacons, and they were so right as they advised me. They said, Pastor Terry, if you just build what we got, if you just do the same kind of thing that we got and do it the way we've always been doing it then that it's just going to be us and we're going to say look what tupelo free will did and they said how about we set a vision and a goal where we sit back and go you know what what we have we couldn't have ever done ourselves what we have is what god did and that's where we're at because he's got to be about his glory goals are made statements of faith will this goal here's the question you ask will this goal require me to have faith in god in your personal life this is for you With this goal, you're asking yourself, force me to trust God. If you can do it on your own power, then it's not a faith goal. Number three, setting goals helps you focus your energy on the right things. I'm just telling you, there's nobody more ADD than what I am. All of this. The only thing that I really like about the T-shirt thing that they all look the same because then I'm like that I'm not distracted. But Gary's wearing some weird pants. He's our motorcycle guy. Anyway, uh, so all these other things that happen in our lives is that what are you laughing at, Mike? Look at your shirt. Anyway, uh, so the truth, man, and, and I'm not even going to talk about James's coat. Uh, but anyway, uh, so all these things are. Uh, they just, Jeez. Is there anybody else that wants to be offended? Let me have a shot. All right, anyway, uh, so, so I, I'm just telling you, that's who I am. That's just where my personality is. But you know what we do in our life? You guys live your lives like me. You're just running. Here's what you're, you're, every week is marked by the 40 things I dabble in. And the God says the one thing I do. You need to be about discipleship, discipleship, about discipleship. We're doing everything else, and that's why our churches are dying, because we've focused on too many. Anyway. Number four, goals keep you going. They give you endurance. They give you diligence. All right? For those of you that are just not energetic people, let me say something this morning. The way you get up in the morning, the reason you get up is because you have a goal to please God. Some of you, and you need. I know some of y'all parents are going to put this on your kids teenagers room this week uh, goals keep you going it gives you a reason to get up in the morning and get your backsides to church and worship him number five this is my personal favorite God builds your character. Listen, when we set out to build this new campus, when God was working to do this church thing that all he was doing, it almost killed me. I mean, literally almost killed me physically, uh, mentally to get through all this thing. But you know what happened in my life? God began a long time ago before that and said, I need you. If if you want to quit losing a generation that that are walking away from faith in the church, then you got to change. And you know what happened when God did all this ministry stuff? You know what really changed was me? It was me. The way I looked at being a pastor, the way I saw God, the way I saw my three sons. Do you know what launched the whole church movement that we have here? It's because my three boys didn't want to come to church here, and neither did their friends. And I said, flip no. I'm not giving up hell for my kids. God, you do whatever it takes to reach them and the next generation. That's what God did. You know what he did? He changed the movement, but he started with me. He changed me. This is what goal setting will do. It will build your character and it will help you become what you need to become. Number six, goal setting by faith, will be rewarded. God wants to bless you here and now, but for the rest of eternity as well. All right, so let me give you a couple of practical things. I got to do these quickly this morning, but there needs to be guardrails in your life, because some of you all are just weird, and you can't constantly get off track with this stuff, so you're like, oh yeah, I got to build goals. Well, let me give you three questions to help you evaluate godly goals. Here they are, number three, and I'm just going to give them to you. One, will this goal honor God? You ask these three questions, you should set your goals this week. Number two, is the goal motivated by love? Am I going to love others? Am I going to help others? Number three, will this goal require me to be totally dependent upon God? Will it cause me to be totally dependent on God? Here's why you set goals by faith. Because they keep you moving towards God. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be tempted to quit church. You're going to be t- tempted to quit, God. You've got to set goals by faith. It keeps you hanging in there. And Dad was talking to his son, teenager. And he said, son, you know, rah, 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 I don't want you to quit, Silas. I want you to hang in there. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to quit. I want you to hang in there. And so um, he said, remember Abraham Lincoln? Yes, sir. He didn't quit. Remember Thomas Edison? He didn't quit. You remember Michael Jordan? Got cut from his first basketball team as a freshman. He didn't quit. You remember Chris McKringle? The boy goes, No? Who in the flip is Chris McKringle? And he goes, Exactly, he quit. Uh, And so so that's what I'm just telling you this morning (laughs) look him up. We keep going. Now, here's what I want to remind you this morning. It's not about willpower. I'm not here to say, go join a gym and do this by willpower. What I want to tell you today, God's goals are completely different. What you need in order to accomplish your goals by faith this year is number one, is I will need God's Spirit to empower me. What I pray over every day of my life, this is not Terry Pierce wheeling his way into a good goal by faith. It's the Holy Spirit to empower me. And when I pray every day of my life, God, help me to love my wife as you love the church. I don't know about you, but am I the only one that struggles to love your spouse? I mean, the way God should. I mean, there's just times where we get on each other's nerves. And you know what I ask her? You know, and she does this all the time. A lot more she prays for her than she does for me is that God, help me to love Terry. And she needs it because I'm not lovable. But you know what? I ask the Holy Spirit to empower me to love her as Christ loved the church. And he does. God, help me to raise my kids. I don't have to be the one that saves my kids. God, you help me to make right decisions about my kids. Help me not to freak out. Help me to let you take care of my kids and cause you to handle them so I'm not freaking out over every little thing. Number three is that I'm praying every day for God to help make me a better pastor and to be able to lead this church where he wants it to go. I'm not good enough to be your All Shepherd. I have no idea what Lynn goes through every week, but I pray for him and I pour into him because I want God to help that dude that's a mechanic at his place in business. And I want God to do the same thing for you. God, help me. Can I tell you a story real quickly? And I'm going to do this, um, and I'm going to read it to you. I normally don't do this, but they, you know, they posted this on social media, so I won't mention Deanna Foster's name, but and, um, and and so it's fair game. So here's what she wrote about being in the service last Sunday, and I want to get this because this is what it looks like for the God Spirit to empower you. Nina Foster, she she wrote. Brother Terry pointed out last Sunday that God commands us, commands us to praise him even when we don't feel like it. It's not an option, she said. You remember what I told you? Even when you don't feel like it, you come to church, you worship God, and you praise him. So today was one of those days, she goes on to write. She says, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't really want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to, to walk or work out. Uh, She said, I didn't want to go to work. I didn't even feel like doing my devotion. I didn't feel like praising him. But the words that just kept echoing in my brain was last Sunday's sermon by Brother Terry that said, even when you don't feel like it. Do you know how a sad place it is in your life when you hear Brother Terry's (laughs) words in your brain? So anyway, uh, so, but anyway, bless her heart. And she said, all I could hear was you yelling, you know, doing when you don't feel like it. And she said, it, it kept running through my head. So I got on my shoes, I got on my earbuds, I put on Pandora, some Christian music. Brother Terry said, I need to listen to Christian music. So then I got myself up and I started walking my mile. And then all of a sudden, I realized that my attitude began to be affected by what I was listening to and by focusing on praising God when I didn't feel like it. Before I realized it, I had walked two miles, and I realized that God is saying to me, it doesn't matter about you, I am worthy to be worshipped. And then it hit me, God knows my heart, He knows my thoughts and feelings, He knows my faults, but He wants me to praise Him, no matter how I feel, and it changed my attitude. That's what it's like to live in the Spirit and let Him change the way you set goals in your life. Number two is I will need God's word to guide me. Out at the guest services desk, we have this piece of paper. It's a here journal. Tanner works his backside off to put this together every month. You need to work your side. We only, do, we only ask you to read the Bible five days a week, one chapter a day for five days a week. So that means when you screw up on you know half the time and you didn't read it, you got all weekend to catch up. This is an easy plan. We couldn't have made it any easier for God to pour into your life. And then we also teach you how to apply the Word of God. We've got these out there. Everybody needs the Word of God daily into your life. This is easy peasy one chapter a day keeps the devil away Get on into the word of god use our here journal plan number three is I will need god's people to support me This is why you need to go online today If you're not a member of one of our connect groups or small groups that meet on sunday nights or in a d group You need to go online today get signed up Taylor will call you this week and we want to plug you into this now Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me this morning every head bow And we're not gonna do the formal invitation that we normally do. But here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to know if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, I want you to step out and come. And I want you to just know that our counselors will meet with you. There's an old fashioned altar here that's open. They'll meet with you and share with you the gospel. As the band continues just to play this morning, I want you to just come as you are and say, Jesus Christ, I wanna receive you as my savior. This altar is open. We're not gonna sing a verse of invitation, but we wanna invite you to come and be saved. Just come as you are right now. Some of you may need to come and say, God, I'm tired of living in fear. I choose to come by faith today. Now that altar is open for that. Again, we're not going to sing, but here's what I want to pray over you. And I want you to pray this with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to do this really weird, a little bit different today. But here's what I want you to pray into your life. And then we're not done. We're not going to have a closeout song. We're going to come right back into worship. Don't leave. But here's what I'm praying into your life. And I want you to pray this with me as I pray this morning. I'm going to read it slow. And I want you to repeat after me. With your head bowed, your eyes closed. Father, I don't want to be stuck pray that into your life right now. I don't want to stay stuck. I Don't want to remain the same I don't want to just drift through another year and Lord Regardless of what happens this year I want to be different I want to be better and I want to grow in character So Father in faith, I'm asking you to help me set some faith goals. I'm asking your spirit to empower me, not my willpower, your spirit to empower me to accomplish these faith goals. Willpower is not enough. I'm asking you to guide me through your word and I commit to being a part of a connect group or a discipleship group here at connect church and support this ministry this morning would you look at me if you prayed the prayer let's worship him and thank god for his forgiveness. he's a god of second chances and let's commit this decision setting my goals by faith thank you for listening to the sermon playback podcast from connect church in tupelo mississippi Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 1030. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.